Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. Together, we are finding the joy in the journey of life. And in this episode, I have Carol, Carol McLaughlin, and her Twitter handle is Mrs. Mac 100. And we are talking about gamifying elementary. I am so pumped to have this XP lap sort of superstar. She's been in the XP Lab chat for a while, but first time on Well Played. Carol, can you please introduce yourself? Of course. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Carol McLaughlin, and I teach second grade, and this is actually my 28th year of teaching, and I love teaching now more than ever, and I also run Second Chat. I'm a moderator for that. So um, anyway, I'm still loving it. Um, the best part of my teaching is I get to grow, and um, that makes it fun for my kids and for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh how long have you been moderating Second Chat? Um, about four years, but I was a co-moderator for about two years before that. So for a while. Nice. Uh, it's always fun to meet another person that runs a chat. Uh, you kind of understand the. <laughs> that's like a weekly. It just keeps coming, and you have to just keep coming up with those questions and topics. Month by month, by month, uh, by we do biweekly, but um, it's still. So I mean, it's a lot to run. Yours is thirty minutes, and mine's an hour. So. I guess yeah. it all comes out. We switched to 30 at the end of last school year, and I absolutely love it. Awesome. Love it. So hopefully all you XP lappers out there are enjoying well, it. We're off in the B-shirts. We are. We both have our Hive Summit shirts on. I love it. Woo. Accidentally. We didn't we did not plan it. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, all right. Without further ado, let's sort of dive into this idea. Uh, and I kind of want to start with your story of getting into gamification and then sort of move on to this year because I know this year was sort of a step up for you. I actually heard you speak on uh, the Ditch Summit mm -hmm. and was excited about that. And of course, I've been following you for a while, so I've been reading some tweets and um, trying to get my head around, around that. But then I saw that and so I bought your book. And then I run Second Chat and someone had said, hey, you, we need to get uh, Mr. Watkin Jacob Watkin on because he's doing this in second grade. So we got him on second chat and then I was, I was ready to roll. <laughs> Once I, I was saw that, I'm like, I'm all, I'm all in, I'm ready to go. So, um, I did a mini unit, um, on fractions last year and my kids loved it. And so did I. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this year round next year. And that this next year is now. Yes. That's now. That's now. That's Here now. we are. We've fast forwarded to the future. AKA the present. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so, what was it like? What did you see early lessons from that from that one unit? Like, what what were some takeaways that you were like, "Wow, I'm willing to sort of go all in on this." I mean, that's a big step. It, it was the biggest thing is I realized it was just I was it's already what I'm doing. It was just added that one little piece to it. So it wasn't like I was reinventing everything. Nope, I, I was just that. changing. And I mean, I took the same things I've always taught. And I just put it in like the game format, yes. same questions, everything, everything I've always done. It's just now it had a game. We had dice involved or we had teams involved. And so it just had made the engagement up, but not so much work for me, except the creative stuff, which I love anyway. And that was fun. And I was going to have to work anyway. I'm going to have to plan lessons anyway, mm -hmm. but this was just more fun. I uh, love sort of how you worded that, right? You know, I always talk about this being a game layer that you're just sort of putting over what you already do. You already have great units. Well, I mean, like, 
you guys are amazing teachers doing amazing things. Now we're just trying to like add this level of intentionality where there's sort of a little extra meaning behind what they do, or there's some connection. Like this is what I also love. Instead of having all these little separate assignments that are sort of, as far as tasks to be done, are, are meaningless. I mean, they're meaningful in terms of what they're learning, but as far as like when you think like a gamer, there's like no point to do them other than someday in the future, I need this. <laughs> Right? right. And now all of a sudden there is a connection between, well, I, I want to try to do these five tasks over here. And, oh, she's having me do something that connects to math as well as like reading. Oh, like, and, and there's a, an immediacy to it and a, and a meaning to it. And I, I, I just really dig that. And especially for elementary teachers, because we teach all subjects. Yeah. No, I mean, like there's a part yeah. of me. I taught elementary for three years. Uh, and there's a part of me that so wants to almost go back so that I could gamify that where I could really show that they, there aren't in silos, right? There, yeah, It isn't right. English is over here and now English is time's done and we're going to move on to science time and you're never going to need any English skills in science. Yeah. Like, no, 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 like it all blends together. But the game could make that so apparent, right? Because you could right. have to unlock something in English that would actually benefit you in science class. Yes, and I love that I can. It's like we're, you know, sewing something. I'm tying all those pieces together with this game, the story. Yeah. And so my kids, of course, kids love stories. I don't care how old you are. Adults love stories. We all love stories. Yeah. And we love to see the connections all the way through. So I love it. That's And that's kind of the next sort of point that I think we all need to sort of realize is as the teacher, it. I think gamification is just more fun and it reawakens our sort of creative spirit. And even if you're doing something that's, you know, district handed down to, you know, like we use this curriculum, that gamification applied over it reignites you as an individual. You get to apply your stamp to that. Even in the sort of district, we have to do this stuff. Uh, and that to me, like that feeds our soul. I mean, like that... That's what we got into it. We didn't get into it to march through a district curriculum. We got into it to build relations with kids. kids. And uh, many of us are creative, you know, but like sadly over time, like some of that creativity, that muscle hasn't been flexed for a while because we get handed this stuff. And now you get what really is unlimited. Like the game can go in any direction. You can do anything. And while that can be pretty intimidating, (laughs) I'm sure... (laughs) Uh, it was fun, though. I was going to say, but it also can be freeing and fun at the same time. It's it's kind of a matter of perspective. And I promise pe- teachers spend as much time trying to find that perfect worksheet, whether online or in a book, as they could have just creating something to play with their kids. Yeah. It's the same amount of time. Yeah. So your kids are in this year-long game now. Yes. What did you do to sort of roll that out? So my idea, we do a lot of with fairy tales in my grade level. And I've always loved fairy tales personally as a child. So, um, I mean, my mom and dad, so when I was two, I carried two big books of fairy tales under my arms, would ask them to read to me. And so I've always loved them. And actually, when uh, Jacob uh, did the chat and he would say, what possible ideas do you have? That's the, the what I'm doing now is the vision I had. It just which is, clicked in. It just popped in my head that, and what I saw was kids in a crime scene from a fairy tale. It like and the the happy ending was stolen, and oh, that's, that's so cool. 
and they have to work it out as detectives, fairy tale detectives, to figure out what story was taken, what's been changed, and who stole it. That's what I saw. <laughs> and a book lit up. It. A book lit up with lights, which I know this sounds crazy. I saw this in like a second. So I just went to Amazon, book light lamp, and there was this awesome book that you can, you open it up and it lights up. And that's what's in the middle of the scene. And that kind of always shows them that something's been stolen, an ending's been stolen. And that's what I saw and that's what I'm doing now. I love the, your description too of that creative moment because this, this is what I think happens. I mean, this is a little bit off topic here, but I really want to point out to people like, capture those moments i mean because it comes in a fraction of a second creativity isn't a marathon creativity is like those little individual i don't even want to say it's like a sprint either it's it is like one moment one hurdle and either you can sort of capture it and capitalize it or at very least like try to memorize it for some later moment where you're going to do the marathon and fill it out but you got to capture those moments and that's so cool that you like crystallized that moment so that later you could build an entire world around that that one fleeting moment i love it it's so fun i mean mine started with the book lamp light <laughs> that's how mine started and i just did that with my kids um a week and a half ago they came in it was dark and there was that light that from the book and it was set in a scene with a chair with a table with three chairs three bowls and three spoons <gasps> and there was a notebook that had the fairy tale but things crossed out and changed so it would say broken to the bear's house it marked out and above it was written help the bears um with their house and it had marked out it said um broke the chair and put was dusting the chair and it just happened to break because Goldilocks is, is trying to change the whole story so she looks better do you, I mean, is it an actual physical book that you have crossed out and like wrote those things into the physical book? Yeah, it was in a notebook and I wrote it with my left hand. So it looked like someone else, you know, and, um, <laughs> I love and, it. Then, and then on the screen though, was, um, our whole story set in the land of, uh, Marchen, which is the German word for fairy tale, <gasps> which none of my kids have asked yet. I'm waiting for some kid to ask me what that means, Sure. but not have yet. And the king is the one who's um, called them all into helping him. And so anyway, so on the screen was the king and he said, please read the story. And we read the story. Of course, it was all messed up. Goldilocks was a hero. Everything was changed. Nothing happened like it, it originally happened in the story. And the kids had to figure out who the villain was, who's changed the story and what story we were in. You think that's obvious. But no, it, but it's, it's not. not. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, I really love sort of some of the elements you've chose to bring into your game. The, the tactile nature, the, the fact that it's actually there. It's book. It's physical. Uh, that experiential component. That it, it uh, gamification sort of ebbs and flows between being meta, like in the mind, like we're doing this, we're on this adventure, we're doing these things, but clearly we're not on an adventure, we're in a classroom. But then it also like ebbs and flows to those tactile real things, whether you can bring that in through turning off the lights and lighting one particular thing up, whether that's adding a layer of music or in my game, I have actual like items like that are cards that they end up keeping and like that tactile moment's so important, I think, to bring a game to life. 
Right. And so, and we were setting inferencing skills, which I thought would be great for the beginning because they're detectives. And so we had to use all those to figure out what was really going on and, and what had happened in the story. And, and they first thought the bears were, the bears were the uh, ones who changed the story. I'm like, hmm, let's think about this think <laughs> a little bit. This. <laughs> let's think. And they did, no, it can't be the bears. The bears had a good story. Anyway, they eventually figured out Goldilocks. And now they're, they're on it. They're trying to find her. And she just narrowly escapes her through all these little battles we've been doing. She oh, keeps cool. so barely escaping. So there's these act, little activities that they could catch her if they do the activity well enough or whatever. Right. And, oh, she just got out, so we're going to have to do yeah. another activity tomorrow. Right. And Love she leaves it. them codes. Codes. She goes, well, you didn't beat me or you didn't capture me. You dismissed me, but here's a code that may help you in the future. And so she leaves all these different things for them. Um, but she's getting nervous now because they're getting closer, because they're getting better. Sure. So she'll say, you're making me nervous. You may catch me, but I'm still right out of your reach. And so I this love, next week is the big boss battle. I love your use of the villain sort of letting them be complimented though, right? Like the villain yeah. is showing them that they are getting closer and closer and they are getting better and better and their skills are getting stronger and stronger. Oh no. You know, that's so great. And that's I'll a- have plenty of fairy tales to choose from. So it'll be great. No, I think that's really neat. And it's kind of endless, right? I mean, there's so many fairy tales, so many uh, cultures you could even take from. So, again, even if these kids, like, as they get really good at it, you could start trying fairy tales that no second graders read. You know, like, if you read some sort of fairy tale from an Asian culture or an African culture or Norse culture, you get the idea, like, whoo, like, now they really, like, maybe that's, like, end of the year sort of stuff. Maybe that's yeah. when, like, wow, like, we want to figure out what is the real tale. Like, I don't even know the real tale of that, right? <laughs> right. right. So who, any of them could be the villain. Any of them yeah. could have changed the story. Like, we don't even know the real story. we got to figure out the real story. Right. Like, oh, man, this is so great. I love it. It's going to be fun. What, uh, I guess, I always think, like, right, proof, proof is in the pudding, right? So, like, what have you seen from your students? Well, one, mine are super engaged. And I have um, one boy in my room in particular that um, really hates school. I mean, he came to kindergarten hating school, which is sad to me. But um, yeah, so how do you he's, hate that? I mean, and, and he, but he just I, I worries, it worries me what's, you know, maybe going on. But um, and it's more of just, I just don't care. He's just really apathetic. It's not like he's trouble. He's just apathetic. He was the first one in my class to do the secret missions. We Our side quests are called secret missions because they're nice. detectives. Yeah, He was course. the first one to complete all of them Love that it. I have up so far. And they're not his favorite things. Like he doesn't reading and he doesn't like reading and writing very much. And he was the first one to complete them and solve them and do them. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, now he's a gamer at home, so that that this made sense to him. Hey, he likes, you he spoke his this. language. Right. And so I've been very excited to see him turn around um, with this, and I'm hoping this is something that will turn him around at school. That's kind of like my little goal for him. Mm-hmm. But all my kids are super engaged with it. Um, we had inside recess uh, because of some rain uh, last week. And my principal came in, and I just kind of let them. There's lots of choices they can have on inside recess, um, a lot of options. But <clears throat> one of them was you could work on anything for the fairy tale force. That's what we're called, fairy tale force, if you want to. 
And I had tons of them working on work when they could have been playing with blocks or they could have been playing a math game or they could have been drawing. And they were choosing to do the side, the side quest for the game during their recess time. So I like, I want to sort of unpack that because I, I have that same experience throughout my year as well. And I've heard teachers over and over again sort of say something similar to that. And what I just think is really important is it's, I think it's super awesome that they're choosing that sort of work. But what I want to point out is I don't think it's super awesome because like, ooh, I'm getting them to do more work. What I think is super awesome is that when we sort of give clarity to the student when we give that meaning like remember we talked at the beginning of this episode that laying that gamification layer all of a sudden those five worksheets have some sort of like immediacy some sort of reason and sometimes the reason can be meta like just to catch goldilocks like it's not it's not like because i will get an ipad if i like win so many raffle tickets (laughs) like right like this is they just you've given them a reason uh I don't know. They feel connected. They feel connected to the story and impassioned to go move towards action on those. And look what they're choosing. They're choosing that over playing with Legos or blocks. And, you know, that's that I think is just such a powerful thing that I want so many educators to sort of recognize and see. And one one of my uh, side quests was make a wanted poster for Goldilocks. Love it. And so um, but it's mystery XP. They don't know how much it's worth. Oh, I'm and, so glad you've added that element in there. Yeah. And I told them, I said, it's because I'm looking for who's really taking time to add details, who's making their work their best they possibly can. And I said, you don't know. I don't even know what XP you're going to get yet until I look at them. And so I said, once I see them, and so you would get, I would have kids that would turn it in. They would come back to me and go, I think I can make mine better. Isn't that can great? I get it back? Yes. That's what we want. Yeah, like they, I sometimes say that too, that kids make the right choice when you give them sort of that right experience and that right parameters. So like the fact that they're like, mm, this isn't my best work. I want to like do it again. Like that's crazy that yeah. that, that they, they do that. And I love it. Um, but I also really love that you built in that mystery XP and you, you nailed it. That's exactly how I talk about it when I don't put XP limit on a particular quest and kids are always like well I want to know like is it worth 300 or 200 and I said no 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 think about it you don't want like what if you slaved away and you made an amazing thing and all I can do is give you 300 like if you blow this out of the water like sky's the limit right right and some things have been have very set XP because they're very simple little things yep but this one because it was so create create on the creative side and was so open which a lot of mine are some that some things are I want specific things, yep. but this was open, so I wanted it open to the points too. I I mean that's that's really good advice for anybody that's starting out there. Have some specific ones. Have definitely in your early quests or side missions or whatever. Have specific XP so that they get used to the mechanic of like, oh like XP experience gained by doing this thing. Okay, I get it. And you want in the beginning some of those like menus where it's like, oh, I could do this one for 300 points, but that seems like it's going to take a little more time. I'll just do this one for 100. But then you want to start to introduce what Carol did, like introduce these like nebulous ones that are just like, go go be amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you'll be amazed at how many kids will actually embrace that sort of open-endedness. I mean, at first they'll ask, they'll ask the question, but in the end, I think they'll, they'll feel empowered. Maybe is that a better word to use that 
with this open creativity what they were able to create and and how different all the creations will be right my, my favorite one is this one he put um description cute on the outside selfish on the inside <laughs> I <love laughs> which it. I thought was awesome that's fantastic awesome. yeah like cute on the be on the lookout for this one yeah she seems cute seems she cute. is selfish that's that's so cute i love it uh how about you know as you've been building this out you know some some questions that i think teachers often have is like do you have it all mapped out i mean are you like are you like ready for second quarter third quarter fourth quarter i am not i'm about two steps ahead of my kids which is which is which is fine because i really want it to fit my kids that i have perfect answer so and there's going to be some things next year I'll know that I'll use because it's it's what I always teach and I know it'll work. But yep. I do want to fit the kids that I have and um, and the moment that we're in. So if my kids are struggling with a skill, then I need that to be in part of the battle because we need to work on that. Next yep. year's kids may not struggle with that at all. So but, I don't need to have so much practice with that. Yeah, and I think two huge things that Carol's talking about here is one, herself is in the moment in the moment of her students' needs, but also in the moment of the, her curriculum. So I often say, like, if you sat down in summer and just tried to, like, plan the whole thing out, you would miss those little moments. Even, like, sometimes I pull things from, like, a sentence in my textbook or in this activity, and it's like, oh, that would make a sweet item or a sweet villain or a sweet, right? But it's it's being present in the moment to grab that detail and make something from it. And then the second thing that I think Carol really, like, enlightened us on here is that just know that like you're building things for your kids in that moment but you're also building this like bank of game mechanics game ideas that yes carol might only use half of those things next year but she'll still she doesn't lose the other half so maybe like the year after some of those oh this would be a perfect activity i can bring back and throw into the game right and it it just keeps growing uh your repertoire of things you could sort of add and use to, to meet the kids' needs, to meet the game's needs, to meet your needs, which is just, that's just good pedagogy, right? Right. And, you know, I'm new to it, so I'm, I'm figuring out things that I want to add. So I'm slowly adding items. I have three <laughs> right now. That's what but, I started um, with, just three. Yep. I have a clue card so they can um, turn that in for help on something. And then there's um, the magic wand, and the magic wand can re- can make a turn, go back, and redo. Oh, and then nice! I'm about, yeah, I'm about to add a sleeping potion, and you can put a team to sleep. What does that do? It puts a team to sleep. A sleeping potion puts a team to sleep during a game. So oh, they can't so like, play they their c- turn. They can't play their turn or answer a question or whatever. Right. Like how nice! Yeah. I dig it. And I want a magic mirror to be in there someplace, but I haven't figured out what he's going to do just yet but um for the sleeping cards coming up for the sleeping potion i am just curious do you add any sort of silly challenge to it like is it like you have to be like because you're asleep your whole team has to be like perfectly silent till it comes around to your team again or else like the curse isn't broken oh i like that right so then it's kind of this cute like the rest of the kids are somewhat watching those kids like are they getting quiet (laughs) like that's cute right yeah, that I like can, that. I like to add that. That can be like a fun little challenge. Or that could be like a level two potion. So sometimes when we're designing items, make your item the way you have it and then like add that extra element to like 
you know, the super sleep potion right. or the, yeah. the cursed potion or whatever, right? You know, you can, one idea can like spur three things, four things if you level it out like that. I like it. I like it. I won't have to do that for sure. Nice. See, now you have four items. Is that awesome? Yay. Four items. <laughs> I have a list of ones of ideas I'm thinking of them, but I have not created them. Sure. Which is fine. That's, it's always nice to have like that future, like that's the other thing. Like there are so many things that are not done in my game, not done in your game, but it's cool when you have that moment, you can go to that list and knock off like two or three of them and don't feel overwhelmed that like, oh, but there's 12 things on this list I haven't done. Like the kids have never experienced gamification. You've never done gamification. If you only add two or three of those things, that's still more than you've ever done before. Like Can you, I tell you my favorite thing I'm excited about? I would love to hear your favorite thing. So I have this map, and it has all the different land, uh, different areas of the land and the land of marching. And, and so there's uh, Cloud City, and that's where the giants live from Jack and the Beanstalk. And there's oh, Neverland, and um, there's the forest. But there's this one part called the Forget Forgotten Realm. And they don't know it, but it's got, as the fairy tales are being forgotten, we'll catch, capture the villains, but the fairy tales have been kind of forgotten because they mess with them a little bit. Uh -huh. And so the forest in the Forgotten Realm is going to grow slowly over the kingdom. But I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to see when the kids notice that the forest is growing larger. Oh, and that's, that's so cool. and kind of their mission is they've got to turn this around or it's going to take over the whole kingdom. And all the fairy tales will be forgotten. Almost like a Back to the Future with the pictures that sort of slowly erases over the course of the, the movie. Like... Yeah. That's so cool. There's this like graphic, like the forgotten forest is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So like the metaphor is we're forgetting more and more and more. We have to turn the tides like, oh man, that's so awesome, Carol. It'll be fine. That is fantastic. I will tell you my favorite has to be Peter Pan. I think that that's just a, yeah. I loved, I loved it all. I loved the, they don't grow old. I loved Tinkerbell. Right, like well, it was you need a, to be on Neverland Patrol. That's one of our squads. You need to be on Neverland Patrol. Boom, I'm on it. You're on it. I'm on it. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I, I can't believe it, but we are like already nearing the end oh, of our time. Like, it, right? It's just zoom. <laughs> but this is why you have to like promise me you're coming back because I think we all want to check in on this, this, this fairy tale theme. It always helps hearing another teacher in elementary uh, share their story. So I'd love to. Awesome. Well, are you ready for reflection time? I'm ready. All right, I hope I don't butcher this guy's name. Uh, his name he, 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 he dead wanna, or alive? He's dead. He's dead. Oh, so, so he's, you're okay. <laughs> I want to I respect him. Here we go. His name okay. is Leo F. Buscaglia. Buscaglia, we'll say. Sounds correct. Uh, he, he's an American author and motivational speaker. He was a professor at the Department of Special Education at the University of Southern California. Uh, and he has this really good quote that I think I just I want to hear your take on. Okay. It is paradoxical that many educators and parents still differentiate between time for learning and time for play without seeing the vital connection between them. Well, I love that quote for one, because uh, <laughs> it goes so well with gamification. But I also think as adults, we learn it's fun. And it is play to us when we learn how to do something new or we try to create something. And kids are the same. They just they like learning 
And they learn best when they're at play and they're engaged and they're excited. All of us learn better that way. And so I think it's vital. I don't think you need to separate those two. Learning should be fun and playful. Yeah, no, I mean, couldn't agree more that like these two don't have to be exclusive. Like the, we don't have to separate out like, well, this is just work. Work has to be boring. And like, we don't want to like tell that story to the kids either. We don't want to tell like grow up to do more work and be bored for more parts of your life. Like the idea is find passion in what you do, be in the moment, love the moment, hunt the good is sometimes what I say, like find the thing in there that brings you passion and joy. And, uh, you know, you'll never work a day in your life kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, but, but you can learn so much through play. It's natural, right? It's like these, these should go together. They really and should. I think you remember more of what you're learning when it's enjoyable. Yeah. Because then all you're focused on is how bored I am. <laughs> but if it's enjoyable, you're actually focused on how much learning you're doing and what you love about it. And nothing's better than seeing a kid excited about learning something um, through the game. Nothing's better than that. Well, I mean, I think about your story that you shared with us about the the young gentleman who didn't really enjoy school, but yet has kind of been the first one to tackle tackle the learning when it was married with play because he saw that as something different than what he's experienced so far yeah that's that's i mean there you go that's the one right there so carol thank you so much for being on well played this was uh just a pleasure having you well thanks so much for asking me i had a blast I, i loved it so uh everyone else listening Thank you so much for you know coming back each and every week to listen to Well Played. If you haven't done so already, check out uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matera. There's lots there for you. And if you want, you can also check out my website, mrmatera.com. Plenty of stuff there. Uh, it is always, always a pleasure having you guys listen every week. So until next week, take care.